everybody's having a great Friday. Welcome in. Ready to talk some Michigan football. Going to have a former Michigan football player on with us, and that's Jerry Diario, who joins us on this Friday. Jerry, Jim Harbaugh, two days ago, he made it official. He's going to the L.A. Chargers, and so now Michigan will have a new football coach. How you doing? I'm doing well, Denny. How are you? I'm not doing bad. We'll certainly talk about uh, all the who's who's uh, stays, who goes, uh, Jim Harbaugh's departure. But how about we start with the presumptive uh, head coach, and that is Sharon Moore. Let's see. That's I'm 100 percent sure that it's going to be Sharon Moore, but uh, you know, I guess we have to just wait till it is uh, announced. What about you? How do you how do you feel about Sharon Moore if he's the next Michigan football coach? Well, I, I think, like I said before, I think he's proven a lot. Um, he went through uh, three of the uh, gauntlet games, and um, at any time he could have made a mistake, and um, those games could have turned on a player too. So, you know, obviously in game time situations and big games, he's got some proof behind him. Uh, the other big thing I think Sharon Moore brings to the table is possibly the ability to keep everybody in place where they're at now. I, mean, I just think um, these next 30 days in this transfer portal, let's hope it's uh, it's not crazy. Let's not I hope it's not chaotic for us. Um, let's hope we don't have any more bleeding or any more uh, – uh, losing of any players. Um, but, you know, obviously there's going to be some money thrown around and, and uh, there there might be some big name, name players that are uh, going to be uh, attractive to some of these other schools. So um, let's just hope that Sharon Moore is the kind of guy that's going to be able to corral this team and, and keep it at home and kind of weather this storm. Yeah. I don't know. There's a guess, but it would seem like a sure thing that at least a player or two, even with Sharon Moore, whether it's the one of the recruits or the incoming class or somebody on the team, that that somebody would you know take the money. I I don't know and and go. But that's just a guess. But if it was if you went to another coach and had a you know national search or something, uh, I would predict that there would be you know a, a, a ton. Uh, of players there so if if that's something if you're a, a Michigan fan and you're you know you're looking because you know you look over on the defense there's a really good defense over there if Michigan's able to keep all of those players and but you know you, you lose four or five of them then all of a sudden you're thinking wow I thought about Jerome Moore even two years ago before Harbaugh was it seemed like he was that close to taking the Vikings job for about 12 hours, it seemed like he was going to take that job. Sharon Moore was going to be the next head coach two years ago. Even before that, I thought that Sharon Moore would have been the logical choice to to be the next coach at Michigan. He, he seemed like he checked all the boxes. He had it. And then, you know, two years ago, he was going to be the guy. And then, you know, this year, Harbaugh, he showed his cards a little bit in those first three games. You know, he was letting this guy coach and that guy coach more got one of the games. I think the BG game, but in those, in those last three games, if Jesse Minner would have been the head coach for those last three games, maybe we'd be sitting around talking about something different. Like, Hey, maybe it should be Jesse Minner, but it wasn't, it was, it was Sharon Moore. So I think everything, you know, points to, uh, to points to Sharon Moore. And he's a, he's, 
He's been taking steps up all along. Uh, he was going to go coach somewhere if it wasn't going to be at Michigan as a head coach. He's a, a personable guy. He's a great recruiter. And, you know, I don't know if some people are saying he doesn't have the gravitas. You know, like, it's going to be hard. It's hard following a legend, Jerry. You know, they always say that. It's true. And, and Jim Harbaugh is a legend. So anybody that's coming in there was going to have that situation where, you know, it's not Harbaugh. And, you know, they just won the championship. So almost anything that goes on, you know, it's going to, it's going to be tough following Jim Harbaugh. Well, two things to really keep in mind here. Number one, I, I think it's historic that when a new coach comes in, there's going to be some um, um, exit uh, from uh, recruiting, from the recruits, uh, possibly former players. So that has got to be minimized. Uh, we, we've got to keep everybody in, 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 uh, at home. Um, we, we, we have to secure these players. I, and I said that last week. We've got to secure these players. I don't know what we're waiting for. Um, but the, this NIL has got to start securing these players and, and showing the muscle that Michigan has. I mean, if there's anything uh, that Michigan should feel really good about right now and, and have a strength in is, is the potential of our NIL and, and, and the pockets that we have. I think we're one of the bigger uh, uh, draws. I think we're one of the bigger NIL draws, and, and, um, and I think that's going to help us in the future. I think it could be, Jerry, but I'm not – I'm not sure what the coffers are looking like right now. I go back That's over a the great last point, Benny. Yeah, right I, now. I go back over the last 20 years when 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 the the whole thing with uh, the Ed Martin scandal in in basketball, there was a you know a number of players, you know, they were getting a little money here and there and everything else, but it really uh, a lot of Michigan fans, you know, they they hated that. They hated the idea that the pay, players were getting paid. And, and really, Michigan, since then, if there's a, a hill that, that football and certainly basketball had to go there, whether you say they're dying on it or not, even when other teams, even when, I mean, it really looked like it. I'll just say that, you know, it really looked like Ohio State and most of the SEC and most of the top 25 basketball teams, they were paying to get recruits. It looked like that's that's exactly what it looked like was happening. And and Michigan was adamant, like, no, they're not going to do that. And, and it had become, you know, they say a culture that gets thrown around a lot. The, the culture in the South is that as soon as uh, there's a player in high hook them up, give them everything. And certainly when they're getting ready to go to college, there's nothing wrong with giving them a bag of money, a suitcase of cash, a duffel bag. This was even before NIL and Michigan was like, no, 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 we are not, you know, doing that. And they died on the Hill. And then it was opened up where, okay, now you can have name image and likeness. And everybody was like, whoa, this is really easy now to pay them. And the Michigan was like, we're still not promising the money. And you only have to look at the success Michigan has had on the field and everything else that they've had. They have everything except they're not promising the money and they're not getting the top recruits. So and I still think people, when it comes to, you know, NIL, there's a lot of, you know, exciting ways to get engaged and give all that money. I still people think a lot of fans are like, yeah, that's not really us paying the players. I, I think they're going to have to be taken, you know, kicking and screaming into this new NIL. I don't, I don't know about that, Denny. I don't know how true that is. I think Jim um, um, was masterful at it. I think he uh, paid the players that were performing, and, um, and and the kids that were coming up the ranks saw that and, and appreciated that because, you know, I, I don't think we have Quorum. I don't think we have Zenner last year 
with that NIL. So I, I think we do have a, a very big emphasis on the NIL. I, the Also, the other thing I'm, I, I would mention on NIL is I don't know how great the Southeastern Conference is going with the NIL. I, I, I think there's a reason Nick Saban got out. I think he understands that his school is behind the uh, eight ball. You know, it's easy to compete when nobody else is competing. So when you're given that bag of money and nobody else is doing it legally, it's easy. But now you're going to have to compete with people that got deep pockets. And Michigan, in my opinion, should be one of those schools with the deepest of pockets. We have the greatest, we have one of the greatest alumni associations in the country. Okay. We've got um what four or five of the top rated TV football games this past year. Uh, not that that matters in the DIL or NIL or anything like that. I'm just saying the potential of Michigan and what Michigan brings. The alumni that Michigan brings, the fan base that Michigan brings. I was at the national championship game. I got to tell you, it was either 65 or 70% to 30% Washington. Okay, so with all that said, I think Michigan wants to be in this arena. Logically, if we're thinking logically, I think we want to be in this arena. I don't think there's a lot of schools that have been competing before uh, in this arena. I don't think they can compete with us. So we have to start taking advantage of NIL. I liked what Jim Harbaugh did with NIL in the past. He played, he paid players that were borderline professional. He paid them because they uh, produced. And, and that was, in my opinion, that was his philosophy. We're going to pay the kids to produce. Look at Ohio state. They pay Ewers, what's his name? Ewers, a million dollars, and he goes to Texas. I mean, not only does that is that bad on the face of it for Ohio State, but it's also bad for those kids in the locker room that saw that. Okay, so in my opinion, we want to be in this NIL war. We just have to be logical about it and, and continue to look at what was successful for Michigan in the past with this NIL. And I think it was paying those guys. We've got to solidify Edwards. We've got to solidify Johnson. We've got to solidify Graham. Um, Stewart, I understand, is solidified. But we've got a lot of holes that we've got to solidify. If this thing gets chaotic, it could be a real problem for 24 season, a real embarrassing problem. So those things have got to be addressed, and they've got to be addressed now. Yeah, you're making a lot of good points. The the, the two main ones there that, and, and you're right, the way that Harbaugh had it with NIL, you're right, it was a masterstroke. Michigan doesn't win the national championship without bringing all those guys back like he did and rewarding them. The, the Those who stay will be compensated. You know, that was great. There was always going to be a this year. Now, I think the national championship, like, I don't want to say it would put a monkey wrench into that, that plan, but – like it could would have Braden McGregor, Jalen Harrell, uh, Junior Colson. Was there a price for those guys keeping them? I know you're talking about the guys that are here now that other teams are going to tamper with now that there's a 30 day window. That's a separate argument. You're right. You know, they've got to come up with a way, you know, to make sure that those guys aren't going to leave. And that is going to take money. And that is NIL. Even though you're not allowed to do that technically, you know, teams are going to tamper. So, I mean, it, it's a very good point. About that, the other good point is, is that if Michigan, if there was a situation like whether it was the alumni 
or whether it was Michigan fans. And, you know, I've, I've seen the numbers run where, you know, if just the Michigan alumni or just the Michigan fan base gave 10 bucks. You know, Michigan would be lapping everybody out there when it came to NIL. Now, so they got to figure that out. I, I don't know, Jerry, if Michigan had $100 million right now in NIL, I get that they'd have to take care of the players that people are coming after, but what would that mean for recruiting or for the transfer portal? Would they just say, hey, look, we've got this gigantic NIL package, you know, but we can't promise that we're going to give it to you, either if you're a recruit or if you're on the transfer portal, but you can have it. I mean, I don't know how they get to. It seems like it's a big thing, but it doesn't seem like actually it's a big thing, but it's it's um, everybody's doing it. You know, so uh, how do they get around without promising that they're going to give people money, even if they've got five hundred million in some NIL thing? Again, I go back to what I said last week and a week before, as far as who we are recruiting. Just because we're not getting the five star recruits doesn't mean we're getting we're not getting the guys that we want. And when you look at Michigan's philosophy and how we play football and how we uh, hold ourselves, uh, it, it's a different player than Ohio State and what they're going after, or uh, an Oregon and what they're going after, or a USC and what they're going after. You look at our roster and you're looking at big, strong, athletic offensive linemen, athletic offensive linemen. I want to make that point because it's it's hard to be a big, big offensive lineman and be athletic at the same time. That's very difficult to beat. What we have seen in our past is very strong, athletic offensive linemen. It's another, it's another great point, Jerry. And, you know, Michigan got this going three years ago. They didn't have J.J. McCarthy. They won the Big Ten. They made it to the college football playoff with Kate McNamara as their quarterback. Are they going to be able to – is that the route they're going to go? Are they going to be able to get the next Donovan Edwards – and and J.J. McCarthy with the approach that you're talking about. I, I think they're going to get them w- if we continue to win. And they see that the payday down the road is, is, uh, um, is substantial. Um, that's the way I feel. We're going to lose some recruits because we're not going to pay them up front. That doesn't mean that they're going to stay with the school that they're at when they did get paid up front. Okay? So – Again, I'm going back to the same thing. We, we did it the right way. We paid late, and we got rewarded for it. Uh, what I'm very confused in is all those players that you just mentioned leaving. I don't know if McGregor is ready to be a first-round draft choice or, or, uh, or a high second-round draft choice. I don't know if Harrell is. I don't know if those linebackers are Junior Colson. We don't know if they're that good, okay? But we do know they left. We do know they left. Why? Why weren't we out in front? Why weren't Why weren't these negotiated here? Okay. Okay. Fine. Our off Our coach is out interviewing for other jobs. Where's our administration trying to secure this uh, football team at that time? At that I think time, the, the national championship in that. I, I think a lot of those players. I think they might have thought twice about it. But once you win and it's kind of going out on top, that's just a guess on me. I I don't know if they made any push to make it. How about one more? Cause hey. last year was like, we're coming back to make, you know, the, to finish it off. Well, 
they felt like they finished it off. So now they're like, well, wait a second, you know, should we be coming back? And, or not? As long as those guys, as long as those players get a paycheck next year, they made the right decision. Potentially. Well, they're going to get a paycheck. The, the The idea, if Michigan's philosophy, which, you know, you've been talking about, and it sounded like a really good idea to me, instead of getting them at the front end, rewarding them while they're on the, the roster, and then at the back end, which is technically legal to do, not like, you know, it's technically illegal, or I guess not illegal, but against the rules with the way it's the other teams are doing it. That seemed like an awesome thing, except the the carrot with the NFL is sometimes going to be out there, even for second and third round guys, going to be like, I'm ready to go to the pros, forget school. Even if they've got a gigantic bag of money, you know, they're thinking, hey, I can get paid going to the pros, I get paid at Michigan, keep going to school. I don't know. I, you know, Jerry, we could talk about this all day. You and I are both, uh, I think, in the same opinion here. Uh, this has been talked about a lot, I have seen over the last couple of days. You know, Sharon coached four games this year for Michigan. And, you know, you take the B game, BG game, I'll put it over there. But what he had to go through with um, the Penn State game, the calls he had to make against Maryland and Ohio State, those are his, uh, real pressure cookers. Now, I'm not saying that all week long he was the man, everything else, you know, he did it all. It was 100% sure. We understand that Harbaugh was there and he was part of the game plan. But, and, but it wasn't just like some cutout of Sharon Moore standing there on the sideline. Like, that still took a lot to make those calls. Jim Harbaugh wasn't saying, you know, go for it on fourth and eight. That was Sharon Moore. You know, he did it. So he should get, like, you don't have to make it um, like he's the, you know, it, it was all him. But let's not go to the other side either. Like, I don't know if Michael's absolutely doing that, but he's saying let's not fool ourselves. But I think a lot of other people are. That there's, give that, I'm going to ask you, Jerry, give that its proper due with Sharon Moore on the sideline. What was it worth? Don't go overboard. Don't undersell it. How do you look at it? Was Sharon Moore being the next head coach? Well, no, was Sharon Moore, you know, like I pointed out and you pointed out, like, you know, that was, that was oh, the, him uh, on the field with those him, three games. Again. Yeah. Him, what, what, was it a big deal? No big deal. Absolutely. Shouldn't even be mentioned. Don't let's say Michael's saying, don't I, fool ourselves. Well, yeah, I, 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 all over these games. I understand that, Michael. I understand that. But when you look at the when you look at the uh, uh, results, when you look what transpired, he didn't make the mistake that could have cost us the game. Any one of those three games hinged on a player two. Any one of them hinged on a player two. Am I saying that Sharon Moore is our go-to guy and he's going to be here for a long, long time? I don't know that. I don't know that, and, and I'm tight. And that was the, my other point I was going to make, Denny. You know, there's an old saying: you don't want to follow the legend; you want to follow the guy who followed the legend. Okay, so this is no small feat that Sharon Moore is coming up with. Okay, uh, again, he's going to be the coach at the University of Michigan, one of the top five jobs in, in college football, in my opinion. Okay, um, he he's he's got all that ammunition to come with him so really it is on Sharon Moore and what he can do in these next couple months in these next few years moving forward it's on him now this is his team I'm going to support him in every which way because I like Sharon Moore I, I like offensive line coaches as head coaches um, I like offensive line coaches that have worked with quarterback coaches in the past to develop her, his offense. Um, 
I, I like the fact that he didn't make the mistake that could have cost us the national championship. With all that said, I think he's proven himself. Now, after that, now he's on the clock, and he's got to continue to prove himself time and time and time again. We've got to secure this team ASAP. We can't afford any more hemorrhaging. We can't afford any more losses. Um, when you look at our defensive staff, uh, I love Clinkstale. He's a Youngstown guy. I mentioned his uh, um, palms coverage several times this year over film study. Okay, the guy is—he is a great defensive coach. Is he a minor type uh, defensive coach? Well, time will tell. We'll never know until we see at the end. Obviously, he worked well with Minner, and so I'm expecting a lot of that familiarity to uh, continue on the Michigan defensive side. However, with that said, we lost two linebacker coaches. If Minner does leave, we lost Partridge, and then we lost Minner's dad. Linebacker coaches, those are huge. Those are huge positions that we have to fill. Um. Defensive coordinator, we have to fill there. So, you know, I like Clinkstale. I think he's got a huge future in college football. Huge future. Uh, but he's got some real holes to fill up immediately. And and um, uh, I think he's got a couple on, on staff right now that he should be really seriously considering, and those are the Mallory brothers. Um, Mike and Doug. Mike is a, uh, a professional coach, and I think that's really what Clinksdale is going to need more than anything. He's going to need a, num- a very good number two guy, somebody who has that pro experience that can relate to what we've been doing for the last three years. So I think that's a huge part of what clinksdale has got to do. He's got to secure a really good number two guy with him. Great points. Antoine's uh, going to the other side of the ball, saying he believes Kirk Campbell will be the offensive coordinator. Of course, Jerome Moore the OC. Now he's going to be the head coach. He said when he had a chance to call the game early in part of the season, he loved the way that the offensive players were used. You know, there's a part about this where, you know, the, the uh, staying in house and what they have going here and rewarding the coaches. Hey, Sharon Moore, he's going to head coach. I like that. Uh, uh, Clink, I think he should be the defensive coordinator. You, you would say, well, you know, he's not from, he didn't go to Baltimore. You got any more of those Baltimore Ravens coaches? Oh, that'd be nice. You know, maybe, but he's also he was co-defensive coordinator last year or the last two years with Minter. And you know, he was there on the staff with McDonald. So he saw how these guys are running things. I mean, he had a you know, right in there. But here's the question for you, Jerry. And because I like the idea of promoting these guys, but I feel like one of the top three guys, when you say head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. One of those guys has to have some experience because can you have a first-time head coach with a first-time offensive coordinator and a first-time defensive coordinator unless you want to say, hey, co-defense. Uh, co no, the, he'll be a first-timer, and you're going to have a first-time quarterback. That's a lot of first-timers. You're talking about the guys behind them having some veterans. That's a good idea, but do you think you can go in with a – I'll just say it again. First-time head coach, first-time offensive and defensive coordinators, and a first-time quarterback. Uh, first-year quarterback. Not going on the record yet, Denny. I got to see a lot more to say <laughs> yes or no. Okay. Um, that, that's Jeez. a lot of first there for uh, for a, a lot of first. I know. Program. I know. Uh, and like, so I would say, if I was gonna, if I was gonna guess, Jerry, I would say 
and I know Antoine just talked about uh, Kirk Campbell. And I know Mike Hart is on the staff waiting for his, you know, he has never been an offense coordinator. I could see going outside the program and bringing in an offensive coordinator more than I could see going out and bringing a defensive coordinator, unless you wanted to say you had a defensive coordinator that knew that Raven system and, but you might be pushing clink out if you're doing that. So I'm more inclined. I think either side you go to that, you're going to kind of be pushing somebody out. Maybe my car, you know, uh, in my opinion, in my opinion right now, I think the defensive side of the ball has a lot more, a lot better options right now than the other side of the ball. I just mentioned two Michigan greats that have pro football coaching experience at the highest level, Super Bowl champion with Mike Mallory. Um, and I think you've got one heck of a uh, former co-defensive coordinator that could be coming in as a defensive coordinator with Clinksdale. And so between the Mallory brothers, Clinksdale, uh, the defensive line coach, I think Michigan could set up very, very well on the defensive side as far as coaching and personnel. I think our person, but we got to lock them down. Offensively, we have an offensive coach at the helm. If everything goes the way we're saying. After that, I'm not sure who our best offensive mind is. And I think there needs to be a little bit of a conversation to see what's best for Michigan at this point in time. And that's got to, that has to be the answer. What's best for Michigan? Account 22 is putting out numbers for Sharon and he's putting out numbers for Minter and saying it's simple, but then says uh, he's taking a shot at Wart Manuel saying that he's incompetent. Well, account 22, you know, like, I don't know if it's a foregone conclusion that Jesse Minter is going with Jim Harbaugh, but that's what everybody's saying. Uh, he came from the NFL. Uh, it, it's a complete long shot. Now, should Michigan offer of Jesse Minner, you know, you saying that, you know, whatever, you know, you want to slant, take a shot at the athletic director. If you want, um, is there a chance uh, is the longest shot? Maybe, but you know, like, so what do I know, Denny, what do I know? I thought Jim Harbaugh was going to stay. I thought his family was here. I thought there was a heck of a lot more than money on the table. Uh, I'll get back to that later uh, when we talk about it in a little bit. Um, However, I, I, uh, you know, if there's a case to be made, I think Menor should be uh, secured as soon as possible. I just don't think he wants to stay here. I think, I I think he wants to go to the NFL. Um, And, um, you know, I I would do everything in my power to try to get him, but at the end of the day, I, I think he wants to go into the NFL. I, I'm not, I'm not particularly sure that he, uh, how much he loves recruiting and, and all the other stuff. I mean, he's an X and O guy. He's a system, you know, is scheme guy and he's one of the best. And, uh, and I think uh, that is more in line with uh, the NFL than it is uh, with college football. So I would love to make a huge play with Jesse Manor and surprise the world, shock the world that we kept him. I, I don't know if it's going to be possible though. 
yeah, I would like to keep Jesse Minner and I would like to keep Ben Herbert. I would like to keep all of the stars Herb. on the defense. I mean, like it gets a little confusing because the, the, the quarterback for the uh, chargers is Justin Herbert and the strength and conditioning coach for Michigan is Ben Herbert. And people keep throwing around Herbert a lot of the chargers. And then sometimes I get confused. They're like, Oh, well, you know, this is what Harbaugh will do. But, uh, yeah. So you, sometimes I'm not saying that actually this person is putting Ben Herbert's names down. Uh, so, sure. I, I, I think Scar mentioned this uh, the other day uh, about Herbert and um, the fact that the NFL the, the strength and conditioning coach does not have the influence um, in, in the NFL as he does in college football. And I think that's appealing to the strength and conditioning coaches in, in the NCAA. Herbert is probably one of the most under uh, un, unsung heroes of the last three years. If you're When you're talking about developing – and developing three and four stars versus five stars, you've got to go in the weight room and see what we're doing. And I think Herbert um, is very underrated, and he needs to be secure. And so I like Herbert. Um, Minner, I think it's a long shot, but um, you know, go for it. You know, give him every you know anything. You know, give him what he uh, what he wants. Uh, I'm not sure if our administration is willing to do that right now. Um, but those are some of the key uh, key uh, personnel we have to to secure on um, on the coaching staff. Offensively, it's going to be a real difficult thing to find somebody who had the same kind of philosophy and thought process that we just went through for the last three years. Look, look, look at our offense. You say what you want. There were there were times where we I, I thought we did some really stupid things where we could have blown out games. Um, but at the end of the day, our offense was as hard to defend as anybody offense in the country. Because which, it was, which game? Which game are you talking about? Like, well, I'll, uh, I'll tell you right now. For it has for, to be one of the the, the last three. Yeah, well, uh, the, the last five. Last, last five. I, I, well, I, you know, five. I, I thought we could have stepped on uh, Washington's throat on that third and four when we went for it on fourth and four. I thought we should have run the ball on third down and given ourselves a pass run option on fourth down. I think that was huge. And I think we did that several times this year. I think we did it a, a couple times against Penn State. Uh, and, and it's nothing against uh, uh, Sheryl Moore. We all, you know, that perfect game hasn't been played. Perfect game hasn't been called. That That's, you know, that's just me being a Monday morning quarterback. I, what do I know? Okay. But I'm just saying that our offense was as diverse and uh, as strong as anybody's offense in the country, especially to defend against it. Our offense was unique in the sense that you actually had to change personnel to try to stop it. And, yeah, and, and, and that's different. And that's what I'm talking about when you're talking about recruiting. You're recruiting playing seven on seven. Well, Michigan wasn't playing seven on seven. Michigan was playing 11 on 11 and running the ball down people's throat. That's a different personnel that you have to have on the defensive side to stop that. And not and most people aren't going that route. Most people are going after the four receivers, the wide open offenses. Michigan had a uniqueness to it that actually dictated you need to put different personnel on the field. Don't care who your best players are. You need different personnel to stop it. And and nobody really did. 
Yeah, I look at it a, a lot of times, and it, it plays into it if you're a coach. What you're going to call on offense has a lot to do with how you feel about your defense. Like you know, Michigan against Penn State, a lot of people criticized Sharon Moore. He did throw the ball one time, got a 15-yard, but you know it was all of the runs in a row. People were like, well, this is crazy. Like it, it, One, it worked, which is always the hammer when it comes down to that. And you know, the number two is that Michigan had the number one defense in the country, you know, the, the, and I think a lot of that when Michigan was going for it on fourth down, like they did three times against Maryland, you know, that's in your mind when you're Sharon Moore and saying, yeah, let's go for a fourth and eight here. We've got the best defense in the country. I, the one play that I didn't like that he called was the last one on the last, I guess it was second to last drive where Michigan ended up kicking a field goal instead of, uh, of instead of going for the third and fourth down. I guess they, could, they couldn't once they got the fourth down, but I didn't like them running on third down when they kicked the field goal to get to to 30 points. And Ohio State had a lot of time. And, you know, it ended up Rod Moore ended up intercepting the ball. It'll look great. I'm sure if I was talking to Sharon Moore, he would say, we got the number one defense. You know, we had faith that we were going to be able to stop them, you know. And uh, I mean, I made it just a six-point game. Well, how State scores a touchdown. But, you know, they had their faith. They put their faith in the defense. That used to be what teams did. It's not so much like that anymore. Teams are always thinking about the other team going right down there and scoring and beating you. That was my only thing, you know, and it worked. So what am I going to do? How much of an argument can I put up when it works? I mean, I'm not. I didn't put up much of an argument. I made my point, and then I move on once in a while, you know. You know, Denny, one of the one of the things we're going to have a real hard time um, reloading with is our offensive line. But the best thing our offensive line is going to see this year, if we continue to keep our defense intact, the best thing for our offensive line is spring ball going against possibly the best defense and that best defensive front seven in the country going into next year. And, and I think that. And I think I'm basically I'm going right back to your point, Denny, is that, yes, our defense has been so dominant that we could make uh, some mistakes and hand it over to the defense. And, and uh, um, you know, like I said, I, I'm going to keep harping on. We got to secure our defense all the way, A to Z, coaches, players, everything, because it's going to make it, it's going to make us much better in, in uh, 24. I think there's a lot of holes that we have to uh, we have to fill right now for 24. But if the defense can uh, get solidified quickly, which I think it can, if the defense can get solidified quickly, I think we got another shot at uh, repeating for the the uh, uh, conference championship. Good stuff. Uh, Jim Harbaugh is expected to meet with his players if he's not walking up to the football building right now. Uh, he could be Mason Blue Review working to confirm that. Uh, let's go to the head coach who was here for nine years. Jerry, my real quick thing is that, you know, I remember thinking it was a grand slam hire when Jim Harbaugh was hired from the 49ers. Uh, the first year was, uh, was pretty good. Uh, and he was pretty good. You know, those, those first two years it plateaued a little bit uh, and it was still pretty good, but man, the last three years were great. And obviously this year was as great as it could get. And I have an approval rating, uh, every year that I do for Michigan football, my approval rating this year for Jim Harbaugh, you know, after the season was at 100. So, I mean, what can I say? I can't be any higher. A 100% approval rating I, I would give for Jim Harbaugh, you know, for winning the national championship this year. So, you know, that's how I feel about, um, you know, uh, uh, Harbaugh. And 
I'd like him to, you know, sometimes you like guys. I wanted John Beeline to stay forever, and he left. And uh, I wanted Jim Harbaugh. You know, two weeks ago, there were a lot of people that, and I get why there's so much uh, emotion. Two weeks ago, there were a lot of people that thought J.J. McCarthy and Jim Harbaugh were going to stay, and stay. And then you think, wow, this could be uh, a dynasty. I mean, just two weeks ago, and now both are gone, and you're thinking, wow, they lose everybody on offense except one player, six on defense, who knows? And so now, <laughs> you know, wow, you know, what a drastic change. So I, I get where people are at with that. But what about Jim Harbaugh and him leaving to go to the Chargers on Wednesday finally? Denny, we just lost the best – coach in football in high school in college and in the pros we just lost the number one football coach in america that's either done by incompetency or a willingness one or the other and neither one is good neither one is good um this thing i i don't know what's in jim harbaugh's mind i'm not going to pretend to know what's in his mind but I did hear before that he wanted to stay at Michigan and the only way he was going to leave is if Michigan didn't want him. I thought the way the scandal came out as far as decoding, I thought we were uh, amateurish as far as getting out in front of it and, and turning the narrative. Um, I thought we were amateurish. What could they have done, Jerry? Tell me what. I, I, I think they should have went after everything that was out there. First of all, we still don't know what rule was violated. Number one. Number two, we didn't stick by Connor Stallions, who we still don't know if he did anything wrong. We fired uh, Partridge. We still don't know what he did wrong. Okay? We don't know if anything, if they did wrong. Okay? Um, so there, there's, there's some questions that got to be answered there. There's some serious questions that have to be answered there. Remember, we lost the best coach in football. Okay? Yeah. We lost the best coach in football with his family living in his hometown. With the highest contract supposedly offered to him. What was the holdup? What bottlenecked this whole thing? I want to know that. I want to know before I start really putting an opinion out there. But to lose the best football coach, there got to be some incompetence and or willingness to do it. And I and I don't like either one. I feel like that. I forget who the singer is. Uh, he said he, you know, he should have bought her flowers and took her dancing because now you know he's left with nothing. I I feel like, you know, I, I'm not saying the administration, but man, these guys, they had things lined up. Boy, everybody was on the same page and rolling in the right direction because I don't really feel like that. But I think Jim Harbaugh wanted to leave four years ago after the pandemic, but nobody would give him the time of day. And if the Bears wouldn't have made the playoffs, I think he would have gone to coach Chicago four years ago. But nobody would hire him coming off just a two-win season, even if it was an asterisk with the pandemic. Obviously, he flew out to Minnesota, and whatever happened there, he was damn close to taking the Vikings job. Afterwards, he told everybody that he was done, that there wasn't going to be any more overtures with the NFL. Then in the very next year, he talked to the Panthers, and he talked to the Broncos. 
You know, some, oh, he was just doing that to line up some things for his assistant. There's always a, well, he was just doing something. And then this year, you know, there was always a little something in that contract. He wanted to go to the NFL. That's the one thing that Michigan had that they couldn't give him. And, you know, he, it, and it's, it's never perfect. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to leave without, you know, uh, stepping on some toes and everybody, it would be nice. Everybody all got along and everything was great. I think we'll look back and, you know, Jim Harbaugh wanted to coach the pros. He got it done here. I, I don't think we need to go back and, you know, blast the athletic director or say that it was because they're in incompetence. Um, I'm not sure of that. I, I, what I am pretty sure of out of all of it is that Jim Harbaugh wanted to coach in the pros and that's where he's at. That's what I'm, I'm mostly sure of. Well, out of, out of anything and anybody that wants to say anything about anybody, I'm mostly sure that Jim Harbaugh wanted to coach in the pros. I mean, that's your opinion. I, I, um, that's what he tried. That's, that's what he, you know what he said? You, you were bringing out something that he said four years ago, I was at one of those press conferences and he, uh, he blasted back at a reporter that was asking about, well, what about the NFL? And he said, judge me by my actions. That's what he said. He, he didn't yell that loud. Like I'm yelling. That's what I've been doing. I have judged him not by some end around he was trying to run to get his, you know, uh, uh, after he said he wasn't going to talk anymore or whatever either side said or why it broke down with the Vikings or that he wanted some, you know, immunity and sweeteners, but then he always wanted a little something else. But it sure looked like he was trying to hold everybody off and wasn't signing a contract because he didn't want a big buyout. That's what it looked like all along. I mean, like, and his, his legend was secure here. You know, then you know, if that's all true, let's say, let's say you're true. Let's say uh, you're right. You're okay. you're absolutely right. He wanted to go to the NFL. Okay. Then why aren't him, Ono, and um, Ward Manuel standing shoulder to shoulder and saying, thank you very much, have a great life, enjoy yourself in the NFL, everything is cool. No, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. Yeah, I, you, you know why my this. explanation is, is that it wasn't 100% sure that he was going to get one of those jobs. Like when you sit down there, even with the chargers, they might've been like, yeah, well, we just brought this offensive coordinator in to, to work with Herbert. Are you going to work with him? He had to have everything right there. So he needed to play both sides. So he was always like, yeah, tell Michigan. Yeah. We want to sign the deal, but we need a little bit more. We need to, he always wanted a little bit more. I always wanted uh, a little bit more with that contract. Even right at the end, he was telling them, yeah, yeah add this in here. And, and, you know, so you have to play. I mean, that's a, it's part of that, that business. And, you know, I think he played it almost masterfully. It would have been nice. Like if he was really like a lot of people, and I, I think that the way you believe that he really wanted to stay here, but he didn't like what, and let's just say it was Ward Manuel. He should have come out and said it. That's what he should have done. I'm not getting the answers that I want from the athletic director. That's why I'm sitting here right now. I want some more, you know, and everybody would have been behind him, but instead all this other, like, Hey, you know, um, I saw what it was. I, and I, and I think that's what it was. And then I, and, I, and that's the way I believe everybody can believe whatever they want. And so I respect your opinion, Jerry, if you don't believe that he wanted to coach in the NFL all along, I, I respect I, I, your opinion. I'm not, saying that. That I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I saw an administration that um, didn't do things the way I thought, or, or in my opinion, they could have been done. Okay. How's that? Okay. I don't think our administration made it easy for him to come back. That's my opinion. 
Okay. Well, let's <laughs> let's you, you want to take some feedback. Well, I agree with uh, uh, um, uh, Sarah here. Uh, Awaken with Sarah. I mean, at the end of the day, Jim Harbaugh led us to a national championship, and Ward Manuel's the AD. That's possibly in the way of a contract. I, I don't know. Yeah, well, I, let I, me just, for people that are listening on the podcast, Jerry, that can't read what uh, Sarah is saying, Jim Harbaugh was more valuable to Michigan than Ward Manuel. Michigan dropped the ball. Ward should have long ago been fired. If If that was the reason, then over this next week, then the beloved Santa, Ono, he should fire his athletic director. If if there was really this hold up and you know it, it, it was Ward dragging his feet, if it, Ward was the then he should be fired this week. Then Ward Manuel should be fired. If not, you can say, you know, it might have been Jim that was part of this. John's thinking that if Harbaugh wanted to be here, he could have easily used his power. To push out Ward, I don't think that's easy. I, I think that's very easy said than done. Much easier said than done. Most people seem like they're agreeing with you, Jerry. Although this is a good point by OT Ward Manuel was the athletic director that did not fire Harbaugh when everyone wanted him to. I would put a slight asterisk on that statement, OT, but I would say after the pandemic season that the majority of fans, alumni, former players, the majority of them were ready to move on and certainly would have understood if if Ward Manuel would have moved on. I mean, it, he could have. That wouldn't have been like, oh, my God, what's he doing? Uh, what a reactionary. No, I mean, there were six seasons there. Uh, and he would have been 0-6, but 0-5 against Ohio State. Lucky that he wasn't 0-6. He was the 30-point underdog. But he kept him. And so there should be some credit there. He wasn't the one who uh, hired him, though. That, 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 uh, but he, he could have fired him there like a, a lot of other people would have. Should have. So, no, no. Uh, then he should have. If, that, if that's the way, uh, if that's his defense, then he should have. No, because this, ain't, this isn't good for him. This isn't good for his image. Well, I'm not sure there's anything that he could have done, even though I don't think he's like, the, you know, the, like the, the strongest athletic director and they'll write some book about the maneuvering of Ward Manuel and just how great, you know, he was and how forthright and how proactive and how he got it. You know, I don't think really any of those things, but I, I think that, um, you know, the biggest thing that he did was not fire Jim Harbaugh in 2020 and a lot of other athletic directors and a lot of other fans, former players and, and alumni would have. So, you know, he's got that going for him. It would have been a dumb fire way back then. <laughs> well, I'll say with, uh, with being able to look back, you're absolutely right, Jerry. That would have been terrible because look at, look at these last three years. I can just remember talking to my, uh, my brother-in-law, I think it was on a Christmas and he was just frustrated, you know, that, you know, Michigan, it was pandemic and all that. And he said, you know, I said, you know, they, they just, you know, they, they can't get the players, the quarterback, 
and you know they can't beat Ohio State. And he said, well, maybe they should, you know, start playing the game like everyone else. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not really sure they're going to do that. And then he said, with Harbaugh, he wanted to keep him because what if he turned it around? It'd be the greatest story. Like you, you know, you talked about this with you was the greatest story. If he ended up turning it around, it was you know during the pandemic, people were you know pretty emotional, like they are right now in the pandemic. And boy, he boy he did turn it around. It went from looking like you know that it, that it was over, that Michigan was never going to beat Ohio State again, that you know the the prodigal son. That if anybody knows how to beat Ohio State, it's going to be Jim Harbaugh, and he can't do it no matter what. They're a thirty-point underdog. It was it was probably a good thing that they uh, ended up not playing him, and then then he turned it all around, culminated it with a national championship this year. What a story! With a cut contract, you know, Danny. Hey, listen. Um, <laughs> again, I don't know anything. Okay, I don't know what happened behind the scenes. I don't know anything about it. You might be right. Jim wanted to go to the NFL. Done deal. Okay, that's it. My problem was way back when this whole investigation started, I never felt like we got out in front and really bombarded the NCA with it. Okay? I don't think we did, in my opinion, in my opinion, I don't think we did ourselves any favors in that in that uh, whole situation. And um, that's where I'm at. Uh, okay. Uh, I don't know. You know, you're, you're probably all right. Jimmy wanted to go to the NFL and that's that. <laughs> okay. All right, at the Jim. end of the day, at the end of the day, I don't think we made it any easier for him. I've got uh, four quick things. My, my heated cup with this tea, that's one with, um, I don't even know what flavor it is, but maybe some licorice in there. I also have to pat myself on the back and I'm, my wife saw a chipmunk in the house last night, and my, my daughter saw it. It was it was going to be chaotic day here. I went down and caught you go to a motel. I caught the chipmunk myself. I'm calling animal uh, whatever. Well, I thought we were going to have to go get a motel. live. I, I was off. I was going to have to go get a live trap, but he uh, he cornered him. I got sent him into the laundry room, and I caught him, and then released him. So everybody was happy about that. That's Good two things. The third thing here, Jerry, is that it is a great time to join the Maze and Blue Review. You want to know about uh, meetings that are going on today. You want to know about who's the next head coach. You want to know about the staff. You want to know about recruiting. You want to know about name, image, and likeness. You want to know about the transfer portal. Whew, that's what's going on over at the Maze and Blue Review right now. Go to michigan.rivals.com and join up and my final thing is jerry i want you to have the last word on everything you got jim harbaugh two days ago people were holding their breath hoping that he was coming back man on tuesday it looked like he was gone but man there was a couple minutes on wednesday that looked like he was flying back to ann arbor and that maybe things had not gone well with the chargers and look at how quickly all the jobs filled up i man i don't know if there was a chance that he was coming back or not but uh you know he is gone, but so we know that there'll be a new head coach uh, at Michigan. But go ahead, put a big bow on it, Jerry. Wrap it up. Well, I, I think he's going to have some uh, some challenges in the NFL with uh, with the Chargers. I mean, he's got some uh, things in uh, California he's going to have to uh, deal with. Um, 
you know, uh, defensively, I think they, they've got some personnel issues. Uh, they've got some serious injury issues with the rec- wide receivers. Uh, they got a quarterback that wants a particular head coach. So, um, and, and um, I, I don't know, Denny, you could tell me right now, did they end up signing that offensive coordinator that Jim doesn't, didn't want or, or. Uh, oh, the, the Cowboys, I, I don't know if he's staying around. I don't know if that's 100% sure or not. The quarterback that played at Boise State and was with the Cowboys and was this year. The right. left-hander, I'm not sure. So, okay. So, um, you know, the, the, the grass always looks greener on the other side. We'll see. I mean, he's he's got he's got his own issues over there in, uh, in sunny Southern California. Kellen Moore, I'm sorry about that. That's who the offensive coordinator is. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't think, you know, Scar was like, he's not going to uh, acquiesce and have uh, an offensive coordinator. But I don't know. Like, the, the other argument to that side is, is that I'm sure the Chargers gave it to Harbaugh. I was like, look, how many times are we going to change? Uh, we're going to change another system. We're going to have another coordinator, you know, with Justin Herbert and well, Harbaugh. This- this the system they're running out in San Diego doesn't resemble Jim Harbaugh's system at all. Good point. No. Okay. So, so I mean, Harbaugh doesn't throw the ball as much as uh, Kellen Moore. And, and I think when you look at some of Jim's unfortunate days at Michigan, he tried to do a little bit more yeah. wide open stuff. What happened with Jim Harbaugh was he came back to his roots, put tight ends and fullbacks in the game, and uh, um, the rest is history. Vic Fangio has gone to the Philadelphia Eagles. So I know people throwing his name out there, but no, that's it. Yeah. Well, Hey Jerry, it, it gives us more to talk about. We're, we're not just, we're not just hit pause and say, Hey, we'll talk with you for the spring game. We've got a, we got a lot of things going on still, you know? Yep. Yep. I, like I said, we, we've got, let's secure what we have. Let's keep uh, that. That's, the administration's part right now, they they put this on themselves, so it's their part. They've got to secure these guys. Um, Who, whether Jerry, you're going to sign more now or not, you better make a decision so these guys can get signed up. Tell me this, and, and this is something that I don't know the answer to. Michigan has a, an NIL. They have a few different collectives, right? Nope. If, if I give them $100 – if somebody's saying, you know, here's 10 bucks for myself, you know, to run this thing. So then I've got 90. Are they giving, you know, hey, you know, here's 50. I'm going to throw out to the rowing team. So I don't know. Is there 40 left and then they go to the football? I don't even know if that's maybe it is just dedicated to football. But then who decides? Is it the acting coach right now, Sharon Moore, that says, hey, uh, Will Johnson, Ohio State's calling and saying they're going to give him a million dollars. Do we need to give a do we have a million dollars in there to give him? We need to give him a million dollars. And if they give Will Johnson a million dollars, well then the, the Kenneth Grant wants a million dollars and so does Mason Graham wants a million dollars. I don't know if the millions are in there, who decides who gets it and how they relay to the recruits that are out there that that may want to come in, you know, when they get a part of those millions of dollars or any of the transfers that want to come in that might be thinking about Michigan. Do they say, Hey, you can have a million dollars because that's against the rules. 
So I don't Denny, know. Denny, this this whole thing is so wild west. I don't know if anybody really knows the whole freaking rules. Okay. Uh, the bottom line is, in my opinion, what's going to set this whole thing up is the revenue sharing on the TV. I think they can police that. I think they're going to have NIL is name, image, and likeness. That means you're going out. And I shouldn't say this means because I'm wondering if it means my thought process is name, image, and likeness. You're getting this from another private company, a commercial company, uh, a I E uh, Caleb Williams with Dr. Pepper. Now is Dr. Pepper given Caleb Williams a portion and then given USC, um, their athletic department a portion? I don't know how that works. The way I'm understanding name, image, and likeness is it's coming from outside. It's coming from advertisements. You're getting your name, your image, your likeness. You're getting your money for that. Um, I'm hoping they come up with the, the, the idea, and it's been out there, that the school pays directly to the name, image, and likeness because then they decide. It's almost It's not a cap. But I don't know. Michigan made two hundred and fifteen million dollars as a university. I'm not, you know, throw how much ever money is dedicated to football. Then they can say, "Hey, we're going to give ten percent to a quarterback to the quarterback room," uh, and then recruits can say, "Yeah." Then they'll absolutely. Then they will know. So I, I think that gets around with the promising of money, and it puts it now. Uh, Title Nine gets involved in that, and then you may have to make the, the the players. Um, employees, but I think that's the next step. So I don't again, know. I, I, the, the, again, my thought is this NIL really, when you look at it, it's private money. It's advertisement. I know a young man who's getting uh, NIL from a uh, car dealership. Okay. So this is private. I don't, I don't know how you come in and take private and move it into the public uh, um, um, domain or, or, you know, so I think the the only way they're going to be able to police this thing moving forward is if there is a revenue sharing with TV. That way they can police that. Um, Dr. Pepper is dealing directly with Williams, uh, isn't going through a collective. Uh, okay, so there you go. That's they're, from they're, Jay they're, Smith that would put some feedback up there that Jerry was reading. So so there you go. You know These are private companies. How do you take that money and give it to – uh, the public uh, um, domain uh, from the private uh, individual. So I, I don't know if they can, how they're going to police NIL. Uh, I think they're going to have a, a better opportunity to police the uh, revenue sharing and give back to Title IX and all those other programs. But uh, mm. NIL, that's going to be tough to police. It certainly is. All right, Jerry, I said I was giving you the last word, and then I talked for like 10 minutes. So uh, we're done. Let's tell everybody we'll see them over on the den on the Maze and Blue Review. Have yourself a great week, man. Hail to the victors, Denny. There he is, Jerry Diario, joining us here on a Friday. Everybody, have a great weekend. Hopefully, the Lions make it to the Super Bowl.